Hello, podcast fans. This is Falcon Paladin coming to you with a Falcon Paladin Hour. This is our fifth episode, and with me today, as always, is my friend from Down Under. It is Wade. Hello. Is it offensive to say my friend from Down Under? Well, are we friends? Yes. Am I from Down Under? I mean, that's what I'm worried about. Is that like... No, no, that's a colloquial term we use here. It's okay. perfectly reasonable to say that. All right, I'm just, I'm just trying to be woke. I'm trying to be <laughs> sensitive and aware of stuff that is offensive in 2017. The list is growing, and so I just wanted to make sure that Down Under was fine. So good, Down Under is fine. Down Under is A-OK. Okay, I'll use that then. All right, so today, the first thing I'd like to talk about is the fact that my air conditioning is broken. But yeah, we've got, we had a couple people come to take a look at it. Of course, the first people that came, they're like, oh, yeah, it's just, this is your major problems. You have to buy a whole new system for $10,000. And we were like, ah, you know what? We're going to get a second opinion on that. How does that sound to you? Uh, and let me guess, the other guy's just like, where can I find a hose and clean this out? And then it works fine. <laughs> nah, the other guy did say that the main fan in our air conditioning unit is toast. It's busted. There, the motor's gone. And so he said it'd be about $600 to $700 to fix, which is not great, but it is so much better than $10,000. I don't even know how to express that. Uh, monetarily. Yes, you can probably do it mathematically <laughs> very exactly. But I don't have a brain for math, and especially not when I'm on a microphone. They always say, don't do math when you're casting. And I assume that also applies to don't doing math or don't do math uh, when you're podcasting as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's the same principle. If your mouth is running, your brain is otherwise engaged and can't do anything beyond like one plus one is two. Yes. I believe yes. that is correct. 100%. I'm not willing to check the math on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyway, we got that. We're going to get a third opinion just because we like getting opinions. Hmm. And depending on what we hear from all three of these people should get it fixed here sometime this week. But holy smokes. The good thing is that I have a basement. I've got a floor in my house that is completely below ground. And so... It's probably 15 degrees cooler once I go down a flight of stairs. All right. So thanks to everybody who subscribed to the podcast to this point. Uh, we're going to do these once every week. It's not a huge commitment for us or a huge commitment for you, but it would be nice if you hit that subscribe button wherever you are. The other thing we kind of wanted to focus on today and this week was reviews. If you go to our webpage for the iTunes version of the podcast or in the iTunes store it says there's no review available there's no review score available because not enough people have reviewed it for Apple to take it seriously so we would like to encourage you to take some time and go to the iTunes give us a review a five-star review would be wonderful <laughs> but we're not going to tell you to do that because you're your own person review us however many stars you think we are okay but not yeah. one or two <laughs> But not one. If you do one, we'll find out who you are yeah. and um, sternly convince you that you're wrong. <laughs> but anyway, what we decided we're going to do, because we have people subbing from all over the world, really. I mean, this is people who are interested in what we're talking about, English speaking, obviously, but from all different countries. And so we're going to set up a bit of a contest here. We can track where the reviews come from based on what country you're in. So over the next month, let's say the next month, starting today... July 10th or July 11th, if you're in Australia right now. Correct. Through August 10th and or 11th, depending on where you are in the world. <laughs> the country that has the most reviews that come through the Apple store, the Apple iTunes store, is we will send them $5 
and a cookie. And that is $5 to the whole country and a cookie for the whole country. Don't ask how we're going to do it, but it's going to happen. Yes. One cookie to share. One cookie to share. So if you're the, I mean, actually, that doesn't make any sense. I was going to be, if you're the only person from like Mongolia (laughs) who subscribes, you get a whole cookie, but then you wouldn't win the contest. So you don't get a cookie. (laughs) It's a bit of a bit of a problem wherein it's counterproductive, right? If you get a lot of people to sign up, you have to share the cookie with more people. Maybe, maybe we have to rethink this. Maybe. I wonder if there's a way to, like, I'm trying to think of the, if there's a way we could have people do funny reviews and then if there's a way to vote them up or down like a Reddit system and then whoever has the most upvotes at the end, because this ends around August 14th, they could win a copy of Brood War. Oh, Brood War Remastered. Yeah, that just popped me into my mind. Which also then begs the question, if Brood War Remastered comes out the day before we sit down to record, are we even going to be here to record or are we going to be in the Caprulu sector? The priority for this podcast is above all things, Wade. Oh, okay. Fair all enough. things. And so even if Brood War comes out the same day as we're recording this podcast, we can take an hour out of our day to give our podcast people what they want and what they're asking for and talk about Brood War Remastered. They want to hear what we're thinking about it. That's a good point, yeah. I was just worried if I wasn't going to be able to get a hold of you. <laughs> You're right. And, I mean, I am super interested in replaying through the campaign with Remaster. I just uh, mentioned this before, but I did replay the Brood, Cor- uh, Brood War campaign with StarCraft 1 and StarCraft Brood War uh, all the way through a few weeks ago. And, man, it is hard. It is a hard, hard, hard game. It took me two hours to finish the final mission, but so good. So many good memories. Such a good, good game. Yeah, let's do that. So we'll take all the reviews we get over the next month. We'll chuck them up onto Straw Poll. I wonder if there's a maximum number of uh, of entries you can put. That might cause us a problem. I don't know if there is because I saw on r slash StarCraft someone put up a Straw Poll for their favorite unit and they had listed every unit in StarCraft. Too. Okay, so I think we'll probably be okay then. I won't worry about it. Not many people voted for Battlecruiser. I was sad. Oh, that makes me sad. Battlecruisers are great. Yeah, I think I saw that. When I looked at it, Marine was winning. And I was like, yeah. of course, Marine. <sighs> of course. Battlecruiser is wonderful, though. It's a great unit. Always has been. Yeah, so if we run into the problem where we have so many reviews over the next 30 days that we can't fit them into a straw poll, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out from there. We'll cross that bridge if we come to it. We'll just do it in groups. Yeah, group stages. Group stage voting. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Do that, you guys. Have so many reviews we can't fit it into a straw poll, and we have to have group stage voting and then, like, a final 16. That'll be fun. Yeah. Make multiple fake accounts and leave multiple reviews. <laughs> Actually, that might be considered gaming the system and against you, uh, iTunes Terms of Service. So don't do that. that that's exactly what I was going to say. Let's not encourage people to break the Terms of Service for iTunes, but encourage, I don't know, encourage your friends to subscribe. If they just, like, listen to people talk about video games and books, and TV shows and iTunes reviews and air conditioning being broken, this is the place for them. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's pretty much it. So enough housekeeping. Enough housekeeping. Let's talk about Memento. Memento. I was I was really hoping that Wade's Wade's epic odyssey to get a copy of a Memento in Australia <laughs> would go on for another few weeks because I was so entertained listening to him struggle, struggle against the system. But he found one for a decent price and actually was able to watch it earlier today. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, how blown is your mind? Uh, about a 7. About a 7. 7 sounds about right. 
Although I nearly wasn't able to watch it just before we get to like actual reviews. So my housemate's been complaining that he doesn't have a second monitor and that I have three. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I have three, but one of them was in my bedroom where my Xbox is, and that's the only optical drive reader I have. And so I got sick of having to constantly recharge batteries because it's a monitor. It doesn't have speakers, and I have to plug the speakers into my Xbox controller. So that's where I've been watching my TV and stuff, just like rugged up in bed, staying warm. And I put the disc in, probably the first time the disc has been that in that console ever. <laughs> um, and I start playing the movie and I'm like huh it's an interesting choice it's all silent what's going on <laughs> so I throw on subtitles and I'm like no no people are talking I just <laughs> can't hear them <laughs> I, I can hear all the background noise like everything that's going on um no one just not people's like Falcon referred referred for me to watch a silent movie what is going on <laughs> Yeah, so that that threw me for a loop for about ten minutes, <laughs> and then I realized, why don't I just put the headphones into my controller and see if those are working? Because I gave my friend my monitor, right? I skipped that part in the story, and I uh, went and got a TV from the garage. Like it's an old looking thing; it's an LG, and I was like, okay, so the TV's not playing anything, any audio, well, any talking. And so I'm just like, all right, I'll put my headphones in. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what Guy Pearce sounds like. <laughs> there we go. This seems a lot better. Mm. Good. So I'm glad you were able to get through even more obstacles to watching Memento correctly. Yeah. I wish someone had left me a note about it, though. Maybe written it down somewhere. <laughs> if only. If only <laughs> that was how the world worked. If only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you couldn't tell, that was actually a joke about Memento. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't seen it, we're going to do some pretty thorough spoilering here. So if you are not interested in having being spoiled about Memento, um, speed ahead, say, five minutes, maybe seven minutes. Uh, yeah, about that. All right, and you'll be safe. So Although, go for it. To be fair, they've had, you know, four or five weeks at this point to have watched it. That's true, but I have had honest conversations with the people who feel like you should never spoil anything, no matter how old it is. And... And the reasoning is, in general, that there's just so much media these days and so many me uh, movies to watch and books to read and video games to play that people are doing their best and they could have a list of stuff that dates back to 10 years ago and they're going to get there and they're intending on getting there and somehow, by the grace of God, they have not been spoiled yet. And if you spoil it for them, it's bad news. Some stuff, it's not worth spoiling. Like, I mean, it's not worth holding up the spoiler warning label being like hey don't spoil that for me it's 10 years old right but it was a piece of junk movie anyway <laughs> i'm not that memento is a piece of junk movie like that's a bad example i recently watched forbidden kingdom on netflix uh it's a jackie chan movie where some white kid falls into another dimension and has to learn kung fu it is a terrible movie about returning a staff <laughs> to a monkey god or something right someone could have spoiled that movie for me so i didn't have to watch it Okay, that's fair. That is fair. But for good stuff, I think there is a super long spoiler policy. But anyway, that's what we, that's, we just warned you. If you're not interested, yeah. if you don't care about spoilers for a 10-year-old film, that's totally fine. I understand that. And let's go. All right, so what are your thoughts? Um, it's pretty straightforward. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty much go from here to there. Clear goals, clear steps along the path. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. They just kind of go in end, beginning, middle, beginning, middle, beginning, middle, end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did go in with the knowing that I'd need to watch it a second time, and now that I've watched it once. I know that I know everything that happened, but I can see why I now need to watch it a second time with the knowledge of what's actually happening. Yes. Yeah. Um, Even though I know what's actually happening because I watched the film. It's an odd conundrum where you've watched the film, so you know what happens, but now that you know what happens, you have to watch the film to know what actually happens. It, yes, it's very confusing. It is. So just, again, just to clarify for those who haven't watched it in a while, the movie is dealing with a main character who has, who has short-term memory loss, which means that he can't create new long-term memories. He has existing long-term memories. He remembers that his wife was murdered, and he remembers that he's trying, or remembers that he's trying to find her killer. But other than that, he doesn't really have the ability to remember what happened even 10 minutes ago, let alone yesterday or a week ago. So the way that Christopher Nolan decided, he and his brother, when they wrote this movie, to put you in the main character's shoes is to present the movie backwards. It is honestly like one of the most amazing ideas for film that I've ever, ever seen or ever heard of. And it totally works. Yeah. There isn't a point where you watch a scene and go, okay, that made sense. And then you watch the next scene and go, hold on, that didn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, for instance, when, uh, I, I've already forgotten the main character's name. Uh, yeah, me too. It's been a while. Ooh. Why am I not just looking it up? That'd be so much quicker. Um, to the internet. I got it. I got you, your back. You got it? Sweet. Yep. It's, uh, Leonard. Leonard. Yes. Yes. And he does not like being called Lenny. Um, yes. Yeah. Like when Lenny comes out of Natalia... Oh, Natalie, Natalia's house? Natalie, yeah. Natalie, yeah. And then Teddy's just there to pick him up. All right. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. What was he doing there? Like, he woke up there. All right. And that slowly doesn't make any more sense. But then you go, oh, Teddy told him that he dropped him off. Yes. Huh. That's the thing. It's not just that Leonard has short-term memory loss. It's that the people around him are actively screwing with it. Yes. That just adds another level to the whole thing. Mm, there's a scene where Bert, the guy who's uh, the... How do I remember Bert, who has like five lines in the whole movie? <laughs> uh, he's the front desk receptionist at the inn where he's staying. And he rents him two rooms because he doesn't remember which room he's in. Yep. Which is great because he's just like, I didn't... My, look, my boss wanted us to make some more money. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, at least you're being honest that you screwed with me. Yeah, but you're not going to remember. You don't have to be that honest. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was great. Um, yeah, every, every scene just has something like that. You're like, oh my gosh, how does this even how does this even work? And then to get to the end where it's like, look, man, we found, we found who killed your wife. You got revenge, but you don't remember it, and you get no satisfaction from it. So you put yourself on an endless hunt that you know you'll never actually find results because you can't find peace. Like, that is just the darkest, oh, darkest thing. Yeah, that is, yeah, dark. Dark is an apt word. And really, there are motivations for characters that I haven't found yet. Like, 
there's a, a recurring theme where Teddy is trying to get the keys to Lenny's car. Uh, and it's you find out at the end, spoiler again, that it's got 200 grand in cash in the back of it. Yep. And it's like, okay, that's why Lenny wants his car. Uh, but you don't... There's still never really an, an accurate time frame, even though it has all these short stories, like who beat up Natalie, right? And, yep. Yeah. has all these short stories which slowly form to build a bigger puzzle, but there's no actual time frame for what it is. So, like, he says, we found the guy over a year ago, but is that what's actually happening? Or is Teddy actually just using this guy to continuously kill off people uh, and, like, coerce them for money? Because... There is a scene right at the end where Teddy goes to him, but that what that's what makes you such a good killer, which just leads me to believe it's happened again and again and again, and he's yep. just slowly stealing money from drug dealers. That's why he's like, he's like, well, he's got drug dealer and white tattooed on him. Good thing there's a lot of white drug dealers around here. <laughs> it does help. Yeah, he's being used. He's being used by so many people around him. And yeah, even then, when he says, this is what's going on, I'm using you for this stuff, can you trust him? I don't know. I don't know if I can trust him, but the whole point is that Leonard doesn't know. It's so terrifying. And he's got to trust his own handwriting because he writes everything down. Yes, he does. Or gets them tattoos. Okay, so how well do you actually remember the movie? Uh, I remember large plot points and then overall arc. Details are falling away. Okay, so do you remember the story about... Um... Sammy, who was the person he investigated who also had short-term memory loss, and he, like, his wife just thought he'd snap out of it because it got diagnosed as, like, a mental, not a physical block that was causing him to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. How Teddy tells him that the story is actually uh, Lenny's story. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you buy that? Again... I don't know. Mm. Like, we don't have enough information to know whether or not we can trust this guy. That is true. And, I mean, that's that's the brilliance of the movie, is that the idea was to put us in Leonard's shoes, and it perfectly did that. He doesn't know who he can trust. He doesn't really know what's going on. He has to trust people who can easily use him to do stuff. And he's just, he's lost. He's just mm. a lost soul. And we're just right there with him. I mean, it's, yeah, it is so good. So good. Definitely recommend it. All right. That's a recommend from Wade and a recommend from Falcon Paladin, a movie I saw 10 years ago at this point. Nope, longer. <laughs> it was probably, <laughs> oh, 2004. I think I saw it. So, yep, getting back there. So on that note, Dunkirk is coming out soon, which is Christopher Nolan's new movie. And I, so here's how Christopher Nolan works for me. He has earned my $8 for the rest of his directorial career. I don't watch reviews. I don't watch trailers. I go into these things blind because it's Christopher Nolan and it's going to be good. Mm. Yep. Uh, yep. He hasn't earned my money just yet. I don't think there's anyone who's, I've definitely been like, yeah, I'm always going to go see their movie because I don't necessarily associate movies with directors. Right. And I usually don't either, but he's just been so consistently great. Mm. with what he's done that he's he's added himself to my list of directors i trust and it's a list of one at this point fair enough i do have franchises like that like i think i'm always gonna go see an iron man film like if mm -hmm. if more come out i'm always gonna go see a star wars film yep i saw rogue one twice 
no, three times, and I saw Force Awaken four times all in yep. about the space of like two weeks. Uh, I just can't imagine a Star Wars movie coming out and just being like, you know what? I think I'm going to pass. Eh. Oh, you know what it takes is <laughs> in order for a franchise to lose your trust like that, they need to have at least two or three just bombs in a row where you go in there and you feel like you wasted your time. Kind of like a trilogy. For example. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Of prequels. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So this is why Force Awakens, it was so important that it be good. Because mm. I really, I don't know. I really don't think that the movie going public, if Force Awakens had been just nonsensical and just a lot of sight and sound and no substance whatsoever, that I think it would have done as well as it did and allowed for more. Like J.J. Abrams had to go in there and recapture what people fell in love with when Star Wars back in 1977. And that was his goal and he did it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we can take that for granted. I think it was very easy for someone to go in there and just screw it up and ruin the franchise for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely a possibility. And even with the way it turned out, one of the biggest criticisms that you'll hear of Force Awakens is it's, it's too similar to the original trilogy. You know, bad yes. guys have big planet-destroying space station. They destroy planets. Uh, robot has the key. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. There's an orphan on a sand planet <laughs> who is destined for bigger things. The Millennium Falcon's in it. We even have Han and Chewie. Yep. Who her parents are is a big mystery, and there's crazy theories going around, like it's Emperor yep. Palpatine's daughter. Don't believe it. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. It is, and that's, again, that's what J.J. Abrams set out to do, is recapture the magic of original Star Wars, even at the risk of being 100% derivative of what the original Star Wars was. And it, it worked. People that watched Star Wars when they were kids love Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. People that watched Star Wars, you know, when they were adults, same thing. It's good. It's good. It's derivative. It's not an incredible film, but it was enough to reignite the public's interest in Star Wars and allow them to do things like Rogue One, which aren't as derivative. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, we've got definitely four movies coming out, one every year for the next four years. And then probably more after that, because Disney will make another billion or so dollars off each of them. And once you have eight, once you have a billion dollar cash cow, you don't you don't let it go stale. No, and I think that's conservative. I think <laughs> I think the numbers like Force Awakens box office, especially internationally, because these movies translate well to non English speaking audiences. Yeah. Um, let's go box office for Force Awakens box office mojo. Yeah, it made two. $2.06 billion Jesus. Force Awakens. And they paid they paid George Lucas, I think, $4 billion for, for just, here is Star Wars. This is the whole box, whole box of stuff. $4 billion. And people were like, uh, that's a risk. No. No, they're fine. <laughs> they're going to be <laughs> totally fine. That's just box office, dude. That's not merchandising. That's not books. That's not TV show spinoffs. That is, uh, I mean, that is everything that they got from Lucas. Yeah. They've made their money back pretty easily. Yeah, the production budget for Force Awakens was $200 million. Is that all? That is, that is an incredible return, return on investment. That's insane. Yeah. I actually thought the movie would have cost more. Yeah. Fair enough, then. I wonder what the most expensive movie ever to make was. Uh, mm. Avatar? Because you can't properly uh, quantify the amount of money because James Cameron put money from his own pocket into it which wasn't 
necessarily listed in the film's budget. Is what oh. I believe. Yeah. That's fair. So officially, it's two hundred and thirty-seven million dollars. Okay. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, the most expensive productions, unadjusted for inflation, so you have to keep that in mind, is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides from 2011 was $378 million. Really? Yep. And it came back with a box office return of $1.04 billion. I think they're okay. Well, they're okay financially. The movie was pretty rubbish. It was. It was. But you know, have we talked about this? Pirates is Star Wars for China? Really? Did you know that? No. I read an article about this. Um, Star Wars is like, it's okay. It does all right with Chinese audiences, but they didn't get the original Star Wars when it came around back in 77. So they don't have the nostalgia associated with it. They're like, eh, it's, it's light, lightning swords and spaceships, whatever. But the Pirates franchise coincides nicely with the introduction of Western films to that country. And so for them, a new Pirates movie comes out. It's huge. It's everywhere. People are lining up. People are buying tickets well in advance. People are watching it multiple times. It is huge over there, and that's why they keep making them. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like, the Chinese market alone is bigger than the U.S. market for movies. Yes. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why give up the audience? Bad movies will still sell. Like, that's what that shows. Yes, 100%. Uh, international audiences are looking for different things than American audiences for the most part. So anytime you see a franchise that just keeps going and doesn't die, <clears throat> Transformers, uh, <laughs> the reason for that is because, sure, the domestic take in the United States might be middling, but that international box office return is huge. Yeah, I'm actually having a problem where I'm not entirely sure how to talk to one of my coworkers at the moment because he came back from watching the new Transformers movie and said, it's pretty good. You should check it out. It was like a life-changing experience for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of was. He was like, man, it's mean. You got to check it out. They, they did some really good work. My best movie of the year so far. Oh. And he said the same thing about the last Transformers movie as well. Like, I was like <laughs> have you seen the last three? And he's like, oh, which ones are those? I'm a Revenge of the Fallen, Dark Side of the Moon... I can't can't remember the other one. It's too terrible to mention. And he's like, oh, the one with the dinosaurs. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, man, those are like my four greatest films. (laughs) The franchise just keeps topping itself. Like the 12th one's going to be the greatest film of all time. (laughs) And I just don't know what to do about him. Like, I feel bad for the guy. You need to find something else you can connect on. Some other thing you actually have in common. There's got to be something. I strongly believe that everybody has one thing in common with somebody else in the world. We have other things in common, right? Okay. Um, and what I'm doing at the moment is slowly getting him to watch StarCraft, like pro matches. Oh. Um, every time, because I don't watch many regular sports, but every time he brings up like the footy and stuff around here, um, <laughs> I, I just like sneakily go, what's the most interesting thing that happened in StarCraft Pro Machine? All right, let's sh- show him Innovation's Clutch Tech Lab blocking the, the Reaper's yeah. sleeve. And he was like, oh man, that's mean. That guy's got to be laughing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's doing pretty good, I hear. That is amazing. You're an esports missionary. That's fantastic. Yep. All right. Keep that up. So I'm, we are going to look for further reports about Transformers, friend. You're converting to StarCraft. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to get him off Transformers. All right. No, I'm, that's fine. I'm going to show him a Viking, and it's just going to like cement his beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's, it's Transformers is the gateway drug into StarCraft. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yes, it'll be perfect. 
<laughs> I just have to try not to think about all the football he's trying to tell me about. Really, none of it just sticks. None of it sticks. I just, I don't know how people watch football. Are we talking American football or uh, rugby, soccer, rugby? You call rugby football? Yeah. Oh man, so soccer's footy. No. And f- no. Soccer is soccer. Footy is football. Oh, um, and what? American football is gridiron. Like officially for Australia, that's what you call it. That's how we would tell the difference between Amer- Australian football and American football. And then there's AFL. Uh, fair enough. AFL, which is like football but not rugby. Oh my gosh, footy! Two, two kinds of footy: one soccer yep. and gridiron, and nobody yep. plays baseball. No. No cricket sometimes. Uh, frequently. Yes. So Wikipedia says footy could refer to. So what the heck is association football? Soccer. Great. Soccer, Australian rules, football, rugby, and futsal is all different terms that could be called footy. That's crazy talk. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy talk. Yep. You know, the script for Transformers. No, it's all the things that footy could. Yeah. I mean, how do you have a conversation? You want to what somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you want to play some footy? What do you think they're talking about? Um, football. <laughs> it's it's not that hard. Okay, so rugby or soccer or Australian rules football. If they come up and said, "Hey, you want to play some footy?" and they had a soccer ball, which is a no, round that's ball. cheating. That's cheating. I get that. What if they come up to you wearing regular clothing, no special equipment at all, not carrying any type of a ball, and say, "Hey, we're playing some footy outside. You want to come join us?" What do you think they're doing? Well, I look outside and I don't. <laughs> you are impossible. It's logical. You don't agree to play a game you don't know. I know. That's what I'm saying. You don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yes, you do. Because if they say footy, it's one or two things. And I've never <laughs> seen someone play AFL. Like, everyone just plays rugby. Like, if they're like, oh, we want to go, we got a ball and we got some time, they play rugby. Okay, that's probably what they're talking about. Okay, that's fair. Like, that's the more commonly just played out on a field between mates game. But if you walk outside <laughs> and it's not rugby, how surprised are you? I'm pretty surprised because nobody's going to ask me to play footy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Know your audience. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So that is, that is our education on um what footy means i'm still extremely confused but it's becoming clearer you you were constantly getting confused by australian terms like you didn't understand what mac is was <laughs> that's another one yeah so okay so we're talking about how could people be listening to the podcast do you have to own a computer to listen to the podcast or a smartphone device we talked about it and it's like well you know Smartphone devices, you can get like a $10 Android phone made in China that's really cheaply made, but it'll work for podcasts. You can go to the, the library and use their uh, internet, their, their computers, there connected to the internet and listen to the podcast. And then Wade comes back with, yeah, Macca's. You can use Macca's Wi-Fi. And I'm like, what? Who, what? And I'm like, are you talking about Apple and they have free Wi-Fi and it's called Mac Wi-Fi? And it turns out I was entirely incorrect. According to Wade, Macca's in Australia is McDonald's. Mmm. Tasty, tasty cardboard food. Macca's. Del- delicious cardboard food and giant, giant cups of sugar. 
Well, the cups aren't that big anymore here. Did they shrink them down? Well, I mean, I can't accurately demonstrate size uh, no. <laughs> at the moment, but they're not like a large Coke doesn't feel that big. Like if I go to Hoyt's, the local like movie cinema, and I go, "Can I get an extra large Coke?" They'll come back with something that looks like an American gallon. Yes, excellent. That's how it's meant to be. They'll come back with a cup that's too big for the cup holders. Yeah. Does it do that thing where it tapers at the bottom so you can fit it in the cup no, holders, no, but like 90... No, it, this just huge all the way to the bottom? <laughs> yeah, you just have to <laughs> hold that thing, uh, which is why I stopped buying them, because I'm like, I don't want to hold this, and I don't want to put it on the floor, because I'll kick it, all right? I can't have popcorn in a movie theater without dropping the bucket at least once. Like, every time. I, I can't know, help it. Know, th- know thine self. Wade, I just went to the McDonald's.com slash AU website, and they call themselves Maccas. Yeah. They (laughs) fully embraced this. Wait, was it their idea, or did they just adjust to the culture? They just adjusted, yeah. That's amazing. So they're like, we'll open a store in Australia, we'll see how it does, and everybody loves it, and they start calling it Maccas, and McDonald's is like, when in Rome, Maccas it is. Yeah, that's how that works. That's fantastic. I I that's really good. Okay, so yeah, I'm looking at your cup sizes, mm. not that kind of cup size. Um, <laughs> for your drinks in Australia for McDonald's, and yeah, they're smaller than they are here. What the what? That's got to be whatever your your parliamentary declaration or something, some kind of government <laughs> interference. It's that that is possible, but then why does Hoyts get to do it? Like, I guess the movie lobby or the entertainment industry is just like, no, you have to have big cups. It's un-American. It is. Well, no, it's because uh, McDonald's is the target, right? Everybody's like, man, people are getting fat. It's McDonald's fault. And they're the ones that get hit with all this stuff, even if everybody else is behaving badly as well. Hmm, I suppose. I think you're right. The cups are smaller. Huh. Do you guys do all-day breakfast at your McDonald's? Uh, It's a limited menu for breakfast all day. It's not the whole thing, but it's like McMuffin, McGriddle, uh, breakfast burrito. A what? (laughs) Oh, what were those on. last two? What were those last two? Explain. Breakfast burrito? <laughs> and the one before that. Uh, McGriddle? Never heard of that. You don't have McGriddles in Australia? No. McGriddle Australia. <laughs> what does it look like? Petition. Bring the McGriddle to Australia. Holy smokes! You don't have it. I'm going to send you a link in Skype. I don't know if you can see it or not, but I'll put it in. It is. Okay, okay. You know what a McMuffin is? Egg McMuffin? Yeah, yeah I know what a McMuffin is. Okay, so it's uh, an egg mc. It's a. Uh, my brain is falling apart. It's an English English muffin, and between it, you have some egg and cheese and some sausage and bacon or whatever. So the McGriddle, the instead of instead <laughs> of English muffin, it's pancakes. I'm speechless. <laughs> I want one. Why do we not I have know. I know it's the greatest, the greatest thing. I love them. They have um eight hundred thousand calories. Hang on a second. Where's the calorie information? Oh, Four hundred fifty calories. Good golly, five hundred calories on that thing. So much sugar too, because it's just pancakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and lot. and and it's pancakes, but they've like baked syrup into the pancake. <gasps> It just gets better. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How do we not have this? Well, there's, there's, here, I'll send you a link to the petition you can sign to bring it <laughs> to Australia. But according Petitions to the Wikipedia, the- <laughs> according to the Wikipedia, 
It is available in the United States, Turkey, Turkey, Canada, Poland, Japan, Guatemala, Mexico, and the Philippines, and New Zealand. It was for a limited time, mm. but not anymore. That is the most random scattering of countries I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, the petition's closed. Oh, no. How did it do? Uh, 18 supporters. <laughs> 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 I, I think I think I wanted it more than those 18 people do. <laughs> the injustice keeps me up at night, says Megan Stubbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You don't have McGriddles. Wait, I... What else don't we have? <laughs> if there was a way for me to get you one of these, I would, but... I'm just thinking, would this survive the shipping process? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it would. Oh, my gosh. Yes, McGriddles are great. So um, Egg McMuffins are good, but I've always found their biscuit uh, to be dry. The, and it's just a little bit wait, dry. Wait, they're what? The, well. The, so a, some of them have a biscuit. A biscuit. Yeah, not a cookie. No, what? A biscuit. <laughs> A biscuit. Hang on. Uh, you mean the muffin, like yeah, the, the, the English muffin bread. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, but a... it's also kind of like a biscuit. I no, don't know. No. No. Yeah. In America, it is. Well. <laughs> biscuits. Or I'll send you a link to a biscuit. All right. So that. Anyway, the the main point is it's dry, right? It kind of gets stuck to the top of your mouth and in your throat, and you have to suck on orange juice to make it not have a problem but the mcgriddle is deliciously moist and fluffy and everything works and it doesn't it's it's a wonderful experience the, that's why i like it the the thing you sent me looks like scones yeah okay so that's oh my gosh that's another thing scone okay the term scones or scones can refer to like four different very distinct types of food okay but that's what i'm talking about when i say biscuit no, okay, I need to yep. find... I'm going to have to use my keyboard, so this is going to be loud. That's fine, we can handle it. Tap, tap, tap. You should hear me play StarCraft. It, yeah, It I keeps my it. neighbors up at night. <laughs> no, I don't want BuzzFeed. No, that, that won't do. No, you don't. No. Yeah, I remember, and actually within the United States, the term scones means different things depending on where you are regionally in the country. Okay. So this isn't just like an America versus the world thing. This is like Western U.S. versus the South versus the Northeast, and it means entirely different things. It's crazy. I'm not sure Americans can do anything without making it America versus the world. Um, sometimes we fight amongst ourselves. We do that every once in a while. That is true. That's... All right, so we pick something up here. Bestrecipes.com. Seems yep. fine. Yeah. Oh. Traditional Australian biscuit, which they mean cookie, complete with rolled oats, coconut, and golden syrup. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then you dip them in whatever that is. What is that being dipped in, Wade? Uh, where, where are you looking? In the video? No, the picture. Number one of 20. Uh, there's nothing being dipped in. Like, there's a cup of no, tea but it, next to it. Yeah. Okay, so it's just a cup of tea. You could be tea or coffee. Like, you can dip yeah, it in whatever you want. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it's uh, oats, brown sugar, coconut, syrup. Mm, it's an Anzac. Put it together. Yeah. Yep. Anzac. Is that a... Is that... 
Like a product name? Anzac? No. no. Okay. I'm going to assume you've never heard the term Anzac before. Never once. Australian and New Zealand Army Corps. Oh. Like military food? Yeah, it's a cookie that they gave to soldiers because it was dry, it could be packed easily, and, and it's was fibrous. Rel- yeah, relatively nutritious. And yeah. So it got the name Anzac. Man, I am trying to think of something that has survived from U.S. military food that, like, is popular culture now that everybody just eats, and I can't think of a thing. I think American military food sucks. Mm, yeah. I've had MREs. Yep. They're not fun. Like, some some of the stuff is in there is okay at best, but... But, yeah. Yeah. So, Anzac biscuit. Huh. Man, there is so much stuff I can learn mm. about Australia and New Zealand military Yes. You should just come visit. It'd be much easier. I should one day. I do want to go. I'm worried about being murdered by animals. Look, just stick to the cities. You'll be mostly fine. Mostly. <laughs> I knew it. I mean, I have to be honest. I knew it. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. No, you said you were going to be honest. Be honest. Uh, animal attacks in suburban areas is zero ish <laughs> what does that mean well I then, I, then, I then remember people keep dogs and sometimes dogs bite people right oh I, no 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 i don't okay. care about domesticated animal attacks okay wild animal attacks zero in relatively suburban areas right okay all right yeah okay but if you wander outside the safe zone yeah kangaroos will you, mess you up man. okay so when i was i don't know maybe 12 on christmas day i kid you not we walked out the front and there was a kangaroo up and down the street oh my gosh australia is the greatest country on earth that's so awesome i know just like hop hop sup merry yeah. christmas he was in the right lane and everything it made like not 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 the right lane but the correct lane yeah yeah the correct lane yeah hang on do you say merry christmas or happy christmas or something else merry christmas Merry, okay, because the Brits say Happy Christmas, and it's like, eh, what? you guys are weird. Yeah. No. In fairness, they were saying it before we ever existed as countries, so. Well, there will be people who argue about what a country is and when we existed, uh, which is a point of contention oh. in Australia, because British had a bit of a habit of going to countries where the native population didn't want them and yep. kind of taken over. Sure, yeah. I just, yeah. man. Terrible histories. Terrible. Terrible. Bad times, bad times all the way. Let's talk about something happier. Uh, hmm. We can go Nazis. Nazis. That's way happier, <laughs> at least in a different continent. <laughs> That's true. So, Wolfenstein. 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 Which, oh man, the history of Wolfenstein. Let me give you a brief history of Wolfenstein. Go for it. <clears throat> Let me get my professor glasses on the very first uh the very first wolfenstein game is escape from castle wolfenstein which came out in i'm gonna got my year 1981 and was made for the apple II system now this is not a pretty game obviously because it's 1981 but the basic concept is that you're a prisoner who manages to escape 
you're like brought to a Nazi stronghold for questioning. You manage to escape and you have to get out of this castle, out of Castle Wolfenstein by stealing keys and killing guards and taking their uniforms. And it is a challenge. It is a really challenging game. It's this interesting, I don't know what you call the style, the visual style here, but it's kind of top down. So it shows you like a top down view of the, of the section of the building that you're in. But then instead of being like a top down view of you, it's a front on view of you. So it's side scrolling. Uh, sort of, except with a top-down map, like a top-down place that you're on. I'm trying to find an accurate screenshot because I'm I I just Google search for Escape from Count Castle Wolfenstein, and it's just showing me uh, the 3D version uh, that's in Wolfenstein: The New Order. Uh, okay, I think it. I think it might just be Castle Wolfenstein. I just sent Castle, you a link. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Work. I mean, I think my brain might have thought it was called Escape from Castle Wolfenstein because that's what you're doing as you're escaping. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know yeah, what you so call that. Me neither. And not many games have it. It's pretty unique that way. I'm trying to see if the wiki will give us a word for it. Uh, top-down perspective, though the players are seen upright and like in a side-scroller. Yeah. I don't know if there's an actual term for <laughs> what this mm. is. Top-down uh, side-scroller. Yeah, top-down side-scroller. That just rolls off the tongue. So, yeah. So, it was mostly... I was young. I was young when I first saw this. It was mostly my aunt who would play it. And it was intense. It was crazy. Like, the the guards would yell at you to halt. And you could run away from them. Or if you had a gun with enough bullets, you could try to kill them or just die yourself. And yeah, it was before the days of save states, really. So, you had to write, like, create maps and write down little tricks and just memorize stuff. Super intense. So that is Castle Wolfenstein. That is the granddaddy of all of this Nazi killing stuff. Way, way back in 1981. And then, and then we have the pseudo, uh, pseudo 3D Wolfenstein, which they usually call uh, 2.5D. Have you heard that term before? Yeah, 2.5D. Yep. Yep, 2.5D. So it's, it is mimicking, <laughs> it is straight up, uh, mimicking 3D, but it's really just a 2D render made to look like it's in 3D. Yeah. But yeah, this is widely considered the granddaddy of the modern first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And just amazing. A lot, a lot of fun. Even to this day, it's a pretty fun game to play. I think there are places online where you can just pull it up and play it over your browser. Okay. Uh, but this one got a little bit away from the realism of Castle Wolfenstein where you end up fighting like evil priests who are using dark magic against you and there's a Hitler mecha robot that you have to kill at the end of the game. So it moves into the realm of fantasy at some point in a way that the original Wolfenstein did not do. And that's something that they managed to put into future future titles as well. Uh, so then it was Spear of Destiny, which was just basically an expansion to Wolfenstein 3D. I don't think it was even on a different engine or anything like that. Uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. This one is actually... Is, yeah, this one is actually a different engine because it's 2001. Mm. So let me see if I can uh, pull this one 3. up. Return to Castle Wolfenstein or something on the id Tech 3? Yeah, there you go. It's actually... Eight, uh, purchasable on steam so yeah it uses full 3d modeling it's kind of half-lifey 
that way. It's right in that era of 3D first-person shooters. So that did pretty well. People like killing Nazis. And then we'll turn uh, enemy territory in 2003. There was an RPG in 2008. Uh, but then the big one, I think the one that's probably gotten a lot, a lot of attention is the uh, the 2009 Wolfenstein. Am I right about that? Is that the one? Uh, the New Order? That's No, that's not 2009. No. What do you, what do you want about? I'm on about the 2009 Wolfenstein game. What's that one? The one that's just called Wolfenstein? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. Once again, just a first-person shooter with updated graphics, more about killing Nazis and stuff. I really can't speak to how much the supernatural stuff there was in it, but... Side note, if anyone wants a good review of that, well, a quick, like, review, uh, I would look up uh, Zero Punctuation on the Escapist <laughs> YouTube channel. Uh, Yahtzee does a... It's about a four-minute review of the game Wolfenstein, but it's done entirely in Limerick. Oh, Yahtzee is so good. I know. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy how good he is. Absolutely check that out. Yes. Okay, so then there's New Order, which is a soft reboot of the franchise set in an alternate universe where Axis powers won World War II. So that's always fun. We do like the alternate histories as far as how that stuff goes. <clears throat> and then just recently announced uh, Wolfenstein, The New Colossus, which is scheduled for release in October. Yeah. Whew. I keep going to call it Shadow of the New Colossus. <laughs> That'd be good. That wouldn't be confusing at all. <laughs> no. No. Not, not at all. People would definitely understand the difference. Mm-hmm. So this has actually taught me something. I thought I understood the full chronology of the Wolfenstein games, but there are way more games than I thought. Way more games. So, all right. So you have played, you said you've played through uh, the Old Blood? Uh, the New Order. New Order you've played. Okay, 2014, not 2015. Is 15 an expansion for, it's got to be. The Old Blood is like an expanded alone. Uh, you yeah, can play okay. it by itself. And it's just another like uh, single player campaign. So, yeah, if you want to play gotcha. that instead of the New Order for some reason, I think it's actually technically a prequel to the New Order. Um, huh. It is in the same universe as that one, I believe. I think, but don't quote me on that. No, I won't. So it's on its own standalone thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I'm kind of surprised at how many Wolfenstein games there have been. But then I think about it, and I'm like, you know, the one thing that people are really generally okay about is killing Nazis. Yeah. Like, who objects to Nazi murdering, honestly? With the exception of existing Nazis in 2017, right? Yeah, they probably have something to say about it. Yeah. And I know that the German government censors all, like, stickers and stuff in media that enter their, com uh, their country. So if you were to play Wolfenstein in Germany, there would be no Nazi paraphernalia and symbology in the game Correct. at all yeah yep so even though you, like this it's obvious that there's still nazis because well who else wins that war in an alternate timeline where the nazis and, win that war yeah and they're german so like narrow it down right yeah yeah it's interesting i mean it's like even though you're clearly not promoting nazism at all like you're straight up opposed to it in this game they're still just like you know what we really want to avoid <laughs> 
mm. uh, bringing this stuff back. It was kind of a problem for us for a while, and we it's just something that's very, very scary. So we're going to go clear to the extreme on the other end of that spectrum. Maybe no one will notice. Yeah. We just you know, cover that up, a bit of spray paint. All good. <laughs> yeah, nobody will notice. Nobody will. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's fun. It's what it is, is it's fun killing Nazis. You don't have any moral compunction against not doing it because they're mass murderers who are also super racists. Uh, plus, the Wolfenstein game does a good job, as I referenced previously, just bringing in the supernatural aspects of it, right? There's all these reports that Hitler was kind of interested in that kind of stuff. And so you're like, well, maybe they were successful and we just never heard about it. It's just a nice avenue your games can take to separate it from just your standard um, Call of Duties and Halos and things which are just more generally focused on just straight up military fighting. It's like, ah, guess what? There's also ghosts. I mean, Call of Duty and like Battlefield, yeah. Halo is, at least there's aliens. It's true. It's aliens, but it's not, it's not necessarily mystical, is it? Does the Halo series get like into stuff unexplainable through science? Uh, sort of. Like they always kind of say, well, there's a scientific reason for everything that's happening. But it's basically zombies, and then... Mm. The uh, flood. Yeah, the flood. They're essentially yeah. just zombies, and then... But there's a reason that everything happens. It kind of goes to, a, like, a giant macro level where it's like, oh, there was this race that kind of is testing all other races in the galaxy to see which ones are responsible for the mantle. And so yeah. they keep running this repeatable cycle. It kind of goes to that level where... We're, we're stuck in an infinite loop and in which when will we ever break out of it it's going to be you the master chief let's get to it yeah and it's right so there, i think there's a difference between um explaining away your tech and making an effort to make it logical within your universe and just being like holy smokes it's supernatural we don't know what's happening it's ghosts right yeah there is a difference but i wouldn't put that in the same category as call of duty that's fair it is definitely more of a world build for Halo than any than uh, the Call of Duties. At least, well, I don't know. Call of Duty, like, space fighting might have its own thing yeah. going. And if, if you, I think it was Black Ops 3, you basically have techno magic in that. That's true. Your abilities are essentially spells. They just yeah. don't call it magic. Yeah, they might try to hand wave it and try to make it sound feasible, but it's really just beyond anything we're capable of doing now, so it's essentially magic. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway, so Wolfenstein just kind of hits that sweet spot of killing Nazis. Again, you have no misgivings about killing Nazis because of who they are and what they did and what they stood for. Um, plus, you have some fun supernatural stuff mixed in as well. And the gameplay is always fun. That's the thing. Like, gameplay is fun. Story is interesting enough that it can suck you in. And I think they're just going to kind of keep making these things forever. It's like the Pirates of uh except yes. good except good <laughs> except except good at least so far i mean they could just it's like star wars then yeah it, it's like it's star good wars and they keep making it yeah. exactly although there is something that uh i wanted to talk about today and now that yeah. i think about it ha- uh might be about another five minutes and we're already kind of running over time um so i'll we'll try and keep right. this brief but if anyone was thinking about reading time traveler patient zero turn away now ah <laughs> yes <laughs> after i finished editing last week's podcast i was like all right i'm kind of tired i'm gonna go lay down and just read a book i'm gonna hammer this out and i'm gonna finish it it wasn't that far off and 
I couldn't get to sleep because I was mad at the ending of this book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, All right. That's, that is a reasonable response. Mm. I am down with that. You're down with people being mad at what you wrote. Uh huh. Well, that's fair enough then. If that's what you wanted, (laughs) can't really argue. That's how you intended it to be. Well, okay. Do we, all right. All right. Are we going to finish with this? Uh, yeah, probably. Unless you want to move on to anything else that we had written down. Nah, we can save that for next time. Okay, so let's finish with this. So anybody who hasn't read my book, Time Traveler Patient Zero, who's planning on reading it and doesn't want to be spoiled, go ahead and end it now. We're just going to wrap up with this and then be done for the day. Fair warning. Mm -hmm. Fair warning. Turn back now. Abandon all hope. Okay, so let's discuss. So time travel... I wanted to create time travel, but severely limited to be only one direction going to the future, which means there's no way to verify that it works. And there's no way to make crazy grandfather paradoxes and stuff like that. Exactly. No grandfather paradoxes. Just a nice, clean time travel. A premise I could get behind, which, uh, side note, do you like Back to the Future movies? Like the Back to the Future trilogy? They're fine, but the time travel drives me nuts. Okay, uh, that's fine. That's, that's fair. I'm just wondering. Yep. Um, okay, so here, so here's how this works. Somebody who is in a really terrible spot in the present day, whether they're terminally ill, whether they're depressed, as we talk about a little bit, whether they there's just nothing for them in the present, and there's this hope. There's this hope that they can travel into the future 150 years, And it will be better. There will be cures for their diseases. There will be ways to overcome their depression. There will be new things to explore. It will be challenging for them, et cetera, et cetera. So they take this chance. They pay the money. They go through, and we don't know what happens to them. Mm, They just disappear, seemingly off the face of the planet. They disappear. Yes. Okay. So I'm not going to assume. So why don't you tell me what made you mad? (laughs) Okay. I like to think authors are the gods of their world, right? When they Mm. write a book, you are the god of this world. You made Stanley such a compassionate, caring guy for his brother, right? Who was willing to put his own family, what he had just been through trying to find Zach, he was willing to get in that box and go and find him. And then you just crushed him. How could you? You took Star Wars from him. That's he, true. He, he gets, never got to see Force Awakens. No, no, no. Wait, no, maybe no, he did. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe, maybe he, he makes did. He makes a Star Wars joke when he gets there, and the woman who helped him when he arrived didn't get it. That's true. That is why Zack killed himself. There was no Star Wars in that universe <laughs> in the future. Right? Oh, no. This makes a lot of sense. This is good. This is good feedback. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I am a little mad that you, you know, crushed Zach in, like, a sentence in the epilogue, right? I was really mm. hoping that he would get his, like, mm. payoff and, you know, they'd be happy-ish together, even if depression wasn't something that they could, could just cure in the future, right? But a happy reunion is something you were looking forward to. Yeah. The thing yep. I'm actually mad about is oh. you just, at the end, were like, yeah, they can travel backwards as well. Oh, but did I? <laughs> but did I, Wade? <laughs> that's the 
I, I, I mean, I know that's the question, but yes, mm. you did. Mm. Did I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I choose no, to believe. You can't argue that I made backwards time travel a set in stone possibility in my world. I did not do that. There's well, no he, way I did that. You, you would have, because if they traveled back in time, they would just pass on the story that, oh yeah, we also came back in time because they know we could travel forwards in time. So someone did a little R&D, probably mm-hmm. Elon Musk, and was like, hey, we could also travel backwards now, right? That's the problem, mm-hmm. traveling backwards. You leave a record to the future where you came from, right? Everything that you wanted to avoid with the messy backwards time travel, you just were like, eh, it's there now. No. Yes. Nope. No. <laughs> No, well, I, I can't out argue the author, film, but yeah. no, hang on. So no, no, no. What you're saying is if reverse time travel existed, there would be evidence that reverse time travel existed in the past in Stanley's present before no, he travels no, to no, the no, future. No, no, no. Because why that not? Is, because that is before they can travel backwards in time. Um, okay, right. They do claim that there's the limit. You can only travel uh, 150 years. Yes, exactly. 150, just like the way forward. That is correct. So it wouldn't be there when Stanley travels forward into the future, but only when people start tra- returning backwards to the past. Okay, true. So what are you arguing here? That you set up a universe where time travel to the past was just not possible, and then right at the end, you just threw it out the window. No, right at the end I said, somebody's telling Stanley it's possible, and he's desperate enough to take that chance. Yes. And he's <laughs> taking the chance. Yes, I, I get yeah. that. Okay. If it's possible, it's just it's frustrating because I can't get a clear answer. <laughs> <laughs> I want one. Oh, I, what happened to Stanley? Damn it! <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this this is more this is more what I was expecting. Just frustration as to the ambiguous ending. Yeah, that 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 yep. is my big problem with it. It's ambiguous. And the easiest, well, the, the weight, not necessarily the easiest. The easiest would have been just if he gets into the box to the future and then roll credits, right? But you didn't do that, thankfully. So yeah. the way you did it was there's... Stanley now finds himself essentially in the situation he found Zack in 30 years ago. Where there's where, nothing. Where he feels like he has nothing. And he just doesn't connect with people from the future because they're all dying their teeth strange colors. And I don't blame him. Right? Yes. That is yes. weird. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> so he, you know, he's willing to get in that box and just maybe he goes backwards in time. <sighs> yeah. And maybe and maybe it's a suicide box from Futurama and maybe he gets in there and presses the button and he is ground to a pulp immediately and that's the end of Stanley. Maybe. And I All hope right. it isn't, right? Because I just spent the last, you know, week and a half reading about his troubles trying to find his brother i hope there's a better ending for it than ground to a you know a fine dust in a box i don't know that's sometimes that's sometimes how things go all right i hear you i hear you wade you have to write a sequel that just has all the side characters who left their like loose ends in the present after zach left like what happened to officer bradley what happened to june what happened oh. to George? He got shot, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yep, these are all true facts. <laughs> Did Orton go after Zack's family? Like, who knows? Who I would like knows? to know. 
Stanley doesn't know. I know he doesn't know. But that's it. We don't know anything Stanley doesn't know. It's it's all sorts of first person limited or third person limited. Yeah. Yeah. Good book. Well, let's see. That's it. That's the thing. Like, I'm just glad you have a reaction because I think if you read a book and you're just like, well, that's forgettable, then it sucks. That is bad news bears. And if you have a reaction to a book, it's it's because, I don't know, because you relate it to the characters. You see them as real people to some extent. You care about them. And what happens to them affects you. And that was honestly my goal. So mission accomplished. A plus. Yes. But well, there is definitely frustration. Mm. Yep. Write a yeah. sequel, damn it. <laughs> I have... I have heard that. Let me tell you, though. I wrote this book before I started casting StarCraft. Well, that explains why there's no mention of StarCraft in the book. Well. There is one, but it's in, like, the about the author. That's true. That doesn't count. Yeah, that does not. No. So what I'm saying is, either I can be writing a book, or I can be doing StarCraft casts, and I don't know if I have the brain power to handle both. Do you really like your kids? Like... <laughs> If I lock myself in my office for a couple months, I could write a book, I could write a sequel, and keep my casting up, and I would lose my mind, and my family would leave me. But by golly, everybody else would be happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, when you put it that way, let's not push the limits <laughs> on your family. Let's not, let's not do anything hasty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm happy with the book. I will be right. uh, recommending it to people. I'm actually now really mad. I can't get a physical version and be like, take this for hmm. Christmas-related family I see twice a year because it would make for a good good gift. I think there's gotta be there's gotta be a way to do that. Print copy, uh, Kindle book. How to print Kindle books with ease? EpubSoft.com. Hmm. Did you find something? Yeah, there's this website. Um, well, I mean, it doesn't they don't like to make a book for you. It's just like you can print off this on your printer. It's like, yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I don't know. I'll see if I can figure it out. I'll see if there's somewhere that will just make a make a book or two or three. Maybe try to get it out there. Don't put too much effort into it because, like, I I would buy maybe four or five as gifts and there's no way that's cost effective <laughs> yeah i mean it wouldn't be a great deal but but i don't know even just having a copy for me would be nice as long as i'm as long as i'm doing it might as well do a few you know yeah mm, that's true oh okay. can i get a signed copy you can you can absolutely have a signed copy that will be fifty dollars oh man i get paid today <laughs> don't don't tell me <laughs> You can purchase a signed copy of a book that does not exist in physical format. <laughs> you just print the cover, glue it to like a block of wood, and then sign it. Ooh. Don't do that. Done. That'll no. work. That'll fool everybody. Uh, that'll fool absolutely no one. Nope. Maybe for 10 seconds. Yeah, here we go. Print on demand. Look, I self-published in 2008 my first book when I was living in Australia. Ooh. So you this know it's a quality. sign. This is a sign. No upfront printing costs. You don't have to get like a million copies of your book. This might be. We'll look into this. Okay. Enough talking about stuff we don't have any idea about. We'll get there. 
All right, time to wrap it up. Before the beautiful music comes on, just wanted to sign off. Again, thanks to everybody who's listening. Thanks to everybody who's subscribing. Remember to write them funny reviews. Uh, and include, like, a Twitter handle, maybe, so we know which ones is from you in your review. Oh, if, yeah. Yeah, we need a way to identify who wrote it. That, uh, I, that's, that's very good. I should have thought of that. That's why you're here. <laughs> okay, so, yes, do funny reviews with a Twitter handle. Uh, give us reviews on the Apple iTunes store. Um, that's pretty much the only place you can do star reviews. So just go to the iTunes website, search Falcon Paladin, and you'll find me. You'll find us there. And unless there's anything else from Wade, I think we're going to call it a day. All right. So thanks for listening to the Falcon Paladin Hour, everybody. And until next time, as always, thank you so much for being here with us for this hour and change. And you take care of yourself. This world is a